Welcome to the Sourced Week in Review podcast. My name is Michael Crutcher. Jordan McDonald, welcome. Hello, Michael. Another busy week. Always. More than 10% of the year is gone now. Oh, really? I haven't seen the Twitter tracker. We can reveal that exclusively here. Okay. I think it's 11%. So 11? It's rocketing by. We've got another special guest in today's podcast coming up shortly from his globe-trotting lifestyle. But we're starting this week, Jordan, with a topic we've talked about Mm. before. And it's timely this week because the release of the annual Edelman Trust survey is out. So trust, because it's so important to what we talk about here on Source, which is engaging with audiences. Mm -hmm. And of course, trust is so important when you engage with audiences. So the Edelman survey has been going on for a couple of decades, at least it's been quite a good barometer of the trust levels of audiences. And this year's survey finds that it's not a particularly good year for trust in Australia. So Australia has dropped down the Edelman Trust Index, dropped into the area of distrust. We have dropped down a whole bunch of places behind a bunch of countries. Stunningly, China has the highest trust levels in the world. And I'm being sarcastic when I say that. (laughs) I didn't actually notice that once in preparation. (laughs) That is ridiculous. China is up high at... (laughs) A level of 83. Okay. So the trust index, according to Edelman, if you're between 60 and 100, Mm. trust is good. Between 50 and 59, you're neutral. Between 1 and 49, you're in the distrust territory. As I said, Australia, 48. The likes of China with 83. Indonesia, 75. United Arab Emirates, 74. India, Saudi Arabia, etc. In the trust level there. The Mm. neutral level gets us down into the likes of Netherlands, Brazil, etc. And there's Australia at 48, dropping from 53. So it's been a big year for Australia in dropping. The majority of Australians, the survey found 54%, think the nation's social fabric has become too weak to serve as a foundation for unity and common purpose based on the fact that 45% of Australians believe the nation is more divided today than in the past. We also have data there that shows government has the largest fall in Australia this year, a seven point decline to go into distrust for the first time since 2020, despite the fact that there had been an election and that a new government had come in. So a few interesting parts about this, but polarisation certainly is worth noting from this one. And the authors of the survey had picked out the polarisation, expecting that Australia would not have such a high number for that in relative terms. Now, government's down, and one of the parts of that... Are the younger generations, Jordan, the distrust growing in younger generations? You are a millennial, am I correct? Yes, you are correct. Do you consider yourself part of that group or how do the millennials look on these figures? Um, I don't think I am wholly part of that group, but I certainly feel the effects of what I think has gone on the last couple of years. And my opinion is I think... COVID has, has made people 
you know, in general feel like there's a lot of people around them every day which don't share the same values as them. And I think that's pretty uncomfortable, particularly if you, you know, previously had this image in your head that everyone was harmonious and Australia yeah. was just perfect place to live. Yeah. Um, and this is the extended effect. This this data is the extended uh, effects of COVID and the endless battle with information. And there was so much information over yeah. that period of time. You know, for for two years, people we're completely guided by the information by our government and with all of us in lockdown dealing with whatever emotions that came with yeah. um, people have shared their opinions and I think it surprised a lot of people when they saw how different the opinions were um, particularly compared to the advice given to us by the government mm. um, and look you couldn't escape it either you were at home just you had your phones to entertain you or whatever yep. else um, I think it has evolved since then to where I think people are now a bit weary of each other, so it's probably better or easier to at least avoid. Yeah. Uh, and then you take it a step further. If you, if you know your values don't align, especially with something on COVID or COVID management, you know it's a health-related issue that just creates that you know that yep. divide a bit further. But that's just that's just how I see it. Um, I am, like you said, part of that younger group, and I don't believe that I'm part of the the growing movement here, but I have found that I'm far more intolerant to the more extreme examples of yeah. people whose values don't necessarily align with, with mine or are polar opposite, I suppose. Uh, and that's certainly something I felt has been amplified by COVID and, and yeah. all those interactions. It's really interesting uh, territory, this. I'm, I'm surprised that people would think that the figure of 45% of Australians believing the nation is more divided than it has been is a high figure. I, I, yeah. I think that with what we talk about regularly, the use of social media, the, 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 the consumer having the power, it's emboldened people and therefore they really back their opinions, even if their opinions may not be right That's in it. the eyes of others. So mm -hmm. no, I'm not surprised. A very interesting survey and another reminder for institutions that had trust on their side for a long time. It's the the era of the consumer being in charge and you have to be used to that. Now, yep. another topic this week, Jordan, Netflix and a shudder, I think, going across a few people. Will Netflix end password sharing? This could be big news. It could be, and I reckon they're having a pretty good crack at it now, so... Um, I was doing research on this and I came across an old tweet that they'd made and it was from 2017 and Twitter, sorry, Netflix tweeted, love is sharing a password. Uh, and then obviously since then there's been a fair bit of that. Did they, they sort really of, tweet that? They really did. They actually brought it upon themselves. Wow, so that's encouraging people to basically go yes. and do that. So they, they claim now that there's over 100 million people who have uh, gone, yep, sure, I will. I'm sure there is. Bloody I will. Um, and now Netflix has gone, oh, going to change my mind. Um, so on Wednesday, Netflix announced its tactics to either convert these password sharers into subscribers or pretty much cut their access coal. So it's all part, I think, of a larger strategy where they're trying to target sort of five and a half billion US in cost savings this year. And there was also some news this week that there's some 7,000 expected job cuts to come, which is part of that plan. So doesn't sound all too fun over there at the minute. So how is this going to work? So if you're listening to Source Now and you're a subscriber who shares a password, mm. 
You're not the only one. There are many, many people That's doing it. it. So how's this going to work? How's Netflix going to crack down on this? So what they're going to do is they're looking at every Netflix account now as a household instead of a user. And that's a really important differentiation. A household will now be their measure and that's determined by location-based information such as your network, IP yeah. address or your device yeah. ID. Um, so if, for example, every Netflix user on, an, on my account, we all live under the same roof, no issues. Yeah. But where Netflix will get you is if you try to log into your account or if someone tries to log into your account from another house. Yeah. They'll, um, you'll now be met with a uh, sign-up prompt where you pretty much pick whether or not you're going to join on a small fee or yep. you're out of there. But house households who own the account, so if I had the account and you've gone to log in, you can ask me very nicely, so can <laughs> I join your plan? And you can for a smaller fee. So if I'm paying twenty two ninety nine on my premium and want to add you, it'll cost me an extra six ninety nine. Then you can split it, you can halve it, and everyone wins. Yep. So pretty much Netflix is going to start monitoring it through your device IDs and your network IPs. So you'll you'll be at home and you'll have to register your network as the home base. Okay. And uh, any use outside of that that isn't verified or validated will. Yeah, you'll receive the prompt. It's starting in New Zealand first, this one. Yeah, it's in Chile and a couple of other places at the moment. It's uh, They had the, bl- the blunder earlier in the week where the whole description of it went on their FAQs online without them actually releasing anything. Oh, Someone wow. caught on to it. Okay. But yeah, it's, uh, it's coming. It'll come. Oh, look, I'm not surprised. I think it's uh, probably the only surprise it's taken this long for Netflix to do it. As we say, follow the money. This is an easy way for Netflix to see what it can do. Probably doesn't lose a whole lot out of it. It just may gain from it. Um, yeah, I mean, they have predicted they're going to have a few people cancel or just they're going to lose some of those people. You, know, but you, you have you, It's well, how it is. It'll be interesting already to see how many people who um, share passwords mm. actually share the cost of the subscription because yes. if they're already sharing that, they could hit some hurdles there. But let's wait and see. Now, Jordan, we have another special guest this week and, of course, a great friend of the Source podcast. I talk of none other than the publisher of themusic.com.au, music publishing guru, Stephen Green. Greeny, welcome. Thanks for having me again. Always good to have you on Source. And Greeny, we bring you on because it was the Grammys this week. So, so much has happened in the world of music with the Grammys and you're able to talk us through it with your expert view on this, Greedy. So what's the summary of the Grammys this week? Well, I think the biggest, uh, the biggest takeaway from the Grammys from an audience perspective is that uh, we finally found an awards show in, in the world this decade that actually grew its audience. <laughs> we we the, did. Uh, <laughs> this is big news, Greedy. Absolutely. I mean, we've been watching, you know, the, we've been watching, uh, you know, TV awards and movie awards, and the, the news is always about how the, the audience has dropped. And uh, this Grammy Awards is the first one that uh, has actually grown its audience with about 12.6 million viewers on CBS and a 30% increase. Uh, they actually live streamed it on Paramount Plus as well, and uh, yeah, 30% increase in streaming. So that's actually a very, very, uh, you know, big big jump given that uh, it's been dropped in every other sphere of uh, you know award shows are not as dead as everyone thinks they are why do you think the grammys this year uh grew their audience uh i think they, they had a they had an amazing lineup of, of of superstars doing the uh 
doing the performances. And I think we're, we're, we've gone through this 10 years where people have been saying they'll never be superstar artists again. And, uh, you know, we'll never see, you know, the likes of the, uh, the U2s and the, uh, you know, the, the, the giant stadium acts because everything's sort of fragmented into niches. But all of a sudden, you know, you can put a Lizzo and you can put a Beyonce. And, you know, I think music's back, baby is essentially the, uh, the, the the take out there. There are there are superstars that deserve to be superstars and, and people do want to tune in now that the superstars are back. Yes, yeah, speaking of Beyonce, what are your thoughts on her breaking the record for the most Grammys? Well, I think uh, that, I mean, if there was someone that was going to do it, uh, then, you know, Beyonce probably deserves to. The, the thing that, that stood out for me was that the record was uh, previously held by George Salty and... Uh, I reckon he probably is a bit uh, bit salty after, because <laughs> I reckon that's probably the only thing he was being remembered for. <laughs> oh, brutal. <laughs> what were the other highlights of the Grammys, Greeny? Well, I mean, there was a lot of uh, amazing, uh, yeah, amazing performances. I mean, for uh, you can read all about it on themusic.com.au, of course. Of course but, you uh, can, of course. The, uh, the, the, the big news was Harry Styles' dancers who had created an amazing uh, dance routine. Uh, and then the revolving stage actually revolved the wrong way, oh. and uh, they were they were forced to uh, do their dance routine backwards, and uh, so that was that was quite quite a uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think you noticed on the night, but uh, but geez, you got you got a feel for them, and uh, there's the, the the big the, yeah. Unfortunately, the the Aussies missed out. Uh, Rufus Dassault was up for uh, two awards, Best, Best Dance, uh, Single End Album, and unfortunately, uh, you know, Beyonce's record got in the way of that, which is mm-hmm. uh, both of those. But uh, it's worth no- noting that there were Aussies in the jazz and Christian categories as well. So, uh, okay. you know, the Australian music is uh, is still waving the flag, but it'd be nice to see some wins there one day. Did you miss nothing, Greeny? You're across all of these categories, the jazz, the Christian ones. It's well, only when there's Australians involved, I'm, I'm patriotically flag waving uh, whenever I possibly can. There's, there's a, that's, that's the .au version of the music.com.au. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I, I did uh, I did do a little bit more research for you guys. Uh, so I tuned in last week and noticed that you guys are uh, a big magazine fan. Um, so I had a look at uh, what was in the goodie bag. Oh. From uh, and you know there, there was the usual stuff. There was some chocolates and there was uh, you know a, uh, a, a, a Cabernet Sauvignon, which was the oh, okay. uh, the, the, the the wine of the uh, mm-hmm. of choice. But uh, there's some weird stuff too. Uh, there was a robotic pool cleaner that was in the uh, in the goodie bag. And in fact, the goodie bags were suitcases this year because it's uh, kind of hard to put a robotic. Pool cleaner robotic in a, uh, a tote bag. But, robotic uh, pool cleaner. This is amazing. This, I'm fascinated this is, by this that. Is, this is where we've got to in the world of sponsorships. <laughs> Even the Grammys have to go. You know what? Just put it in there. They paid the money. Uh, <laughs> oh so yeah, God. robotic. Every celebrity is uh, is going to be hanging out with. I, 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 and I'm sorry, I didn't do the research to be able to tell you what the brand was, but. Uh, you know, if, if they want to advertise, it's always uh, themusic.com.au. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> there were some other interesting things that made the, uh, made the cut there as well. The, uh, there was a fine bubble shower head, which creates bubbles. So you can have a bubble bath while you're actually in the shower. Uh, wow. And uh, I, I figured you'd be into that one, Jordan. But 
that also yeah. the, uh, the the big ones, and I reckon you've got some of these in your cupboard, Crutcher, uh, the Swarovski Crystal Havianas. Oh, of course, the, of course. The, the, the most Aussie thing that was in the goodie bag this year, <laughs> absolutely. But uh, but the, the fierce de resistance was the uh, the ten thousand dollar voucher for liposuction. Oh, oh my god! And, and Greeny, how much liposuction does that buy you? If I answer that, will that terminate uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the, the currency converter for the liposuction world, but this is um, this is quite remarkable. This is the I reckon bag. you could get. I reckon you could get pretty thin on that. <laughs> that's, that's true, Granny. You, you always bring something to this podcast, so we very well, much I, I appreciate try. it. This uh, extra. We just thought we'd talk about. The Grammys, and we've got a whole bunch more information, which is always a big bonus. Well, here, here you go. You've, uh, you know, you know where to call. <laughs> hey, and uh, we've got to let you go because, of course, it's Stephen Green. So you're at an airport and you're flying somewhere. So the plane will only wait a little bit for you. So thanks for taking the time, Greeny. Well, they 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 knew I was on the Source podcast, so they held it for me. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Greeny. <laughs> thanks, mate. That was Stephen Green, publisher of themusic.com.au. He's a music guru publisher, Jordan. I think he, I think he wears lots of chains and gowns and yeah. things around. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, that makes sense. That's how Greeny lives his life. But we're always very glad when he joins us. Now, an interesting one this week. We go back to talk of artificial intelligence chat gpt which we sp- first spoke about on this podcast in early december yes and it's getting a lot of coverage now but there was a big inter- uh, development this week jordan in the terms of this and google was involved yeah so all the big tech companies at the moment are frantically you know running around trying to be the one that unveils that next big development in uh, ai uh, and that's sort of coming at the risk of making some mistakes. And unfortunately for Google this week, they've been the victim of a pretty big mistake. Um, so Google's had a crack at throwing their weight around in this sort of AI space. And on Tuesday, they posted a, a teaser clip to Twitter of their own version of ChatGPT called Bard. And since the clip, they uh, the market value of Alphabet, which is Google's parent company, has dropped $140 million. Australian dollars Um, and that's all because Bard gave the wrong answer to its prompt oh no and that's not surprising at all for anyone who's spent any time mucking around on chat GPT we've we've uh, gave a good example the other week with the the tennis women's tennis oh yeah it was not even close yeah so the 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 Tuesday teaser wasn't received too well anyway from the get-go because many just felt it was underwhelming you know you got Google this massive company all this money this this wasn't any wow factor that, that, that they'd really hoped for um, but the dagger came when, um, yeah, like I said, the the prompt that they used as the example in the showcase gave an answer that was incorrect. So it was a pretty big blow for Google, who I'm sure at this point wish they'd probably kept it, you know, back in uh, under wraps and tested a bit longer <laughs> before they uh, unveiled it to the market. But look, Google's market value continues to decline. It's not a great time for them at the moment. So what should we make of this? Because it was a really interesting exercise when you look at it from the viewpoint of the, the bigger picture. 
Mm, look, the for me on this, I'm not super surprised that Google's wanted to throw their weight around. They're the biggest, they're the big, the big guy. But I'm a little bit surprised that they've sort of succumbed to that pressure, which I think has come from the threat of Microsoft, who seems or at least appears to be a bit further ahead than they are. Yeah. We know the AI has really grown to be a competitive battleground for these big tech companies. Um, but it's critical that these AI tools are built properly and then actually work properly. Yep. Um, the biggest issue with AI at the moment for me is the mistakes and that's largely, you know, none of the bots are having access to internet. Mm. They can't check anything. Everything's either outdated or incorrect. So that's actually where I think the next advancement is for this AI stuff. As, as soon as someone can implement a chat GPT style math, it's a, into their Google search or yep. to a search engine, it's going to be a massive win for that company and a massive advantage. I think Microsoft is probably closest to that, which we saw the teasers for this week. I posted it up this week. Uh, they've integrated ChatGPT into their Bing search engine. Yep. We haven't got that yet, but it looks pretty good. It looks like it's supposed to look mm. at least. Um, but I think Google needs to remind itself that it's the big dog. Like it's, I don't see the world leaving yep. Google anytime soon. Like it's, Google is the first thought to any question the world has truthfully and I think they need to take time and, and finish developing the product properly um, and then release it when they're ready yeah it's probably what's at stake here is that reputation is the front page of the internet which Google has right That's now it. particularly in Australia Australians love Google almost more than mm. other countries we're very high users of Google uh, percentage-wise, so that front page is at stake. So really interesting week, that one. Uh, Jordan, quickly this week, uh, we're back talking about Twitter and possible censorship. We go back to Hunter Biden and his laptop, mm -hmm. which was a big issue before the 2020 election. Twitter blocked the sharing of links to two New York Post articles. This week, former Twitter executives had to front a House of Representatives hearing in the US on Wednesday and uh, they admitted to a mistake, but they said uh, that it wasn't deliberate in that sense. Your thoughts? Mm, haven't got a heap to say other than I'm not buying it. <laughs> I think we discussed this <laughs> earlier. Twitter's never really had a great reputation for, for content moderation. I think that falls under this a bit. Um, we also know on a wider level that high-profile accounts on social media seem to receive different and privileged treatment because yep. they keep people online and that's good for engagement. Um, but I don't see this Hunter Biden situation as a holding up of hands saying, you know, it, it was a mistake, we're sorry. Instead, it sort of feels like you caught us, yep. my bad. Um, you know, Elon has ferociously championed this free speech, but it was only December or last year that... Um, he disabled several journalist accounts without any explanation or whatsoever because they posted information about his plane yep. and where he was flying. I just don't believe that um, the content moderation within Twitter has any real guidelines or authority to it, and I'm not overly convinced Elon really cares either. That takes us back to the first item we discussed here about trust. Um, you know, it's one person's viewpoint, one person's truths, another person's lie in these. So we'll go round and round in circles on some of this. Now, to close off the celebrity magazines this week, Jordan, the new idea. Mm. Again, I think we need some sort of... Uh, Sting or some drum roll or some suspense I'll because new idea this week has reported to us in fairly big uh, copy, big font with uh, 
capital letters and an exclamation mark, Nicole and Keith's airport bust-up. So there looks to be some issue between Nicole Kidman and Keith Urban. There's an airport bust-up right. with with new picks, new picks. Now, I hadn't seen the old picks, but there are new picks. <laughs> so if you want to look at those, uh, new okay. ideas. Now, we do this because these magazines do get into areas that people find interesting. They've been very good at what they've done for a long time. It's just a way for us as part of the podcast to grab a quick look to see what is interesting there. Look, uh, new idea again. Um, Prince Charles, oh, sorry, King Charles. King Charles yes. in crisis. Help me, Anne. Photo of King Charles and his sister. He needs some help from Anne, apparently. Look, there's a uh, shock about uh, Dr. Chris. Um, that'll mean something to people who know Dr. Chris. Now, Jordan, there is a married at first sight, bride booted off the show, exclamation mark, of course. The exclamation point counter for the new idea front cover is one, two, three, four, five, six exclamation marks on the front cover. But there's a math story, Jordan. What is in Woman's Day? Yeah, there's another math story. It's in that bottom right corner there. It's leaked audio. The experts turn on each other. I'm fairly across the math stuff, so I know what this is about. So you don't yeah. need to buy the magazine? No, I don't need to buy it. the magazine. Okay. No, but um, smack bang in the middle, taking up all the real estate, of course, are the royals again, Meghan and Harry, separated yep. for 60 days, exclamation mark. Exclamation mark, of course. Yep. What we have down the bottom left, left corner here, we've got Silbury family sad news. We'll miss Grandma Emmy. No exclamation mark no, there, that's a, well, it's a, Yeah, that's a sadder story. But to the right we have one. It's get your five-a-day superfood salad. It's a yep. little sponsorship there. What else we have? Proud mum Jess, my girl's going to be a star. I believe. I have no idea what that's about. No, well, new idea, Wincy exclamation point. Yeah, uh, Mark this week, does. six to four. So I think that means there's probably more shock news in new idea. When you've got six exclamation Marks on your cover mm. to four. I think New Idea wins. I think by that measure you're correct. The weekend ahead for you? I have one gig tonight for two hours and then I'm free for the weekend. I think I'm doing uh, some early birthday celebrations for Shan tomorrow at Ben's, Viet- Ben's Vietnamese. It's a big karaoke joint. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's just my nightmare. Will you be karaoke? I will not be karaoke. You won't be. That's <laughs> disappointing. Disappointing. Yeah. Uh, and the Mighty Devils back tomorrow for oh, trial matches. Uh, it's football season again. And a shout out to Alan Roebuck and his Ipswich Today podcast, which is... Oh, yes. He popped in during the week. Hitting three years. Outstanding effort, Alan. Excellent. That's a very good effort. Have a great weekend. You too.